Happy New Year, and most of all, welcome to this first Thursday of 2023. As you know, if you subscribe to my podcast, The Denver Homes Market Report, then you already know my podcast is recorded and published on the first Thursday of each month. I hope you had an amazing holiday season. I took a road trip with my nephew Zach and his hound dog Trapper. You know, Zach is kind of in the same place I was at his age. I remember I was 24, had not gone to college, and I just wasn't sure what direction in life I was headed. You know, Zach is 25 and really in that same place. A couple of years ago, he moved out from his mom and dad's house. Zach moved here with me and my husband here in Denver. And I have a client who owns a cabinet shop and was looking for a hand. So I introduced Zach and they hit it off pretty well. Zach worked his tail off. He saved up enough money to move out on his own place, got his dog Trapper. However, he still doesn't have anything concrete as his foundation and feels he needs to get back in school. He loves working on HVAC systems, so he has decided to move back with his parents so he can get some babysitting help for his pup, work part-time, and then go to school full-time. I'm really proud of all the progress he's made in just the last couple years being with us here in Denver. However, he'll have more support with his parents, so I think moving back home with the goal of his HVAC certification is a smart move. Anyway, we drove to his parents' house in South Carolina, I stayed over the holidays, and then flew back to Denver the day after Christmas. Hey, you may notice my podcast voice has an upgrade. I used to basically yell into my cell phone using the internal microphone, but Santa Claus was very good to me and brought me this cool new microphone which is designed for podcasts. It's pretty fancy. I'm still playing with it, but I think I have it dialed in pretty well. I guess we'll all find out together. Once today's show is produced and published, I'll have to then go to my Alexa and say, Hey Alexa, play my podcast, The Denver Homes Market Report, and see what the show sounds like with this new piece of equipment. So that was what my holiday was like. I hope you all had a great season as well. Now we turn our focus to real estate market here in Denver. One good thing, finally, inflation is starting to subside. The feds are seeing the economy cool off, which was the whole point behind aggressive rate hikes over these past several months. But here's the thing about rate hikes. They do not affect the entire market the same way. There are some immediate effects, like Wall Street. If the feds do something that the markets were not already anticipating, or the feds make a bolder move or maybe a less aggressive stance, anything really, any move the market was not already anticipating, that will have an immediate effect on Wall Street. However, rates, rate hikes on Main Street, where you, you and I you know, live, they, they affect us much differently. For instance, the mortgage rates. There have so many pieces to the puzzle than just the Fed's benchmark rates. I mean, yes, they do weave their way into the mortgage markets, but the reaction from investors, the signals from the Feds, the bond market movers, and the Fed's commitment to buy future-backed securities, that's probably the biggest driver, that last one, the commitment to buy future mortgage-backed securities. If the federal government makes the commitment to buy the debt, then the investors who supply the money to the banks so they can keep making loans will continue to flow money into the banks. They will continue to write loans. Now, what happened back in 2008 and 2010 was, you know, the financial markets were the meltdown drivers. The loans the banks were making, especially in the later of the 2000s, you know, and the requirements to obtain a loan, they became way too relaxed. And as soon as the market started to get into trouble, many people who took out those risky loans quickly defaulted. They just could not pay their mortgage. You know, the housing market collapsed 
and the banks like Countrywide who held one in three of all mortgage loans here in the US, they fell apart. Then you remember Washington Mutual, they fell apart. I think the big winner was Chase Bank who ended up scooping up some of these banks after the fallout and they got huge discounts. Anyway, this time around, by and large, I think the new regulations on mortgage loans are helping us. The banks are making loans, but not the super risky ones like we saw in the late 2000s. So I still think we may be headed for an economic slowdown. I don't think the feds are done raising rates yet, but here's the deal. When the feds do raise the rates, it doesn't affect the mass you know, majority of us immediately. It takes time for credit card companies to sign people up for their new loans or new cards, I should say, with their higher rates. It takes time for consumers to start realizing those higher rates really take a bite out of their monthly income. Then not everyone goes out and buys big items like a new car at the same time. However, slowly but surely, people buy goods and services and those new higher rates get applied to their mortgage or their credit expenditures even those who are buying homes for mortgages. So when the feds raise the rates, we really don't start seeing the effects for really a few months, if not even several months into the future. This is why the feds almost have to make a move and then wait and you know wait and see at least, you know, 4 to 6 months to see what that rate hike has actually done to the economy. So here we are, several months into these rate hikes, and the fear is the feds don't recognize the correction soon enough. They raise the rates too high, too fast, and all of a sudden, none of us have enough money or a steady enough job to survive. You know, except the super wealthy. When you have plenty of money, you can keep paying your bills regardless if you are currently making money or not. In that case, a recession doesn't hurt you the same way it does for most people. I mean, sure, wealthy people lose wealth, but you don't typically lose your car for not making payments. You don't get foreclosed upon because you can't pay your mortgage or get kicked out because you're not paying your rent. You know, the problem I have with the rate hikes is that it hurts the lower tier of our already fragile lower middle and lower income workers the hardest. The ones who don't have six to nine months worth of savings. The ones where they are working somewhere that relies on all of us to be out going out there spending money like restaurants, happy hours, hotels, cruises. All those things that, you know, which people tend to do when they are feeling good about their own future and their own jobs and incomes. What's the first expense we tend to pull back on? For me, it's going out to bars and restaurants, cutting back on travel for vacation and hotels. There are many workers who start seeing their hours get cut. I mean, restaurants will quickly send workers home if there are fewer than expected customers in the restaurant. It starts having this domino effect on all of us. So where am I in all this? I say that I'm cautiously optimistic that the feds will recognize by April of this year, maybe just about four months from now, that the rate hikes over the past several months are doing their job and it's time to slow down or hold steady and let the economy cycle. There will be some workers and some small businesses that probably get hit pretty hard, like I mentioned above, those who rely on a good economy in order to get hours at work. However, I think the feds can hold steady after their next meeting and then only raise the rates one or two more small increments, then after that, offer solid signals that they will slowly stop raising rates. That will be a signal to Wall Street and investors will respond. Companies will not start conducting massive layoffs. That is my hope. We'll see what happens between now and April. We may escape the massive layoffs, foreclosures, and large companies pulling back on all their advertising, infrastructure, investments, etc. If the feds go too far, they will tip us into a recession. 
which is that domino effect we saw in 2008 and 10, where in January of 2011, we had nearly 3 million, yes, 3 million homes in foreclosure, and many more were on the brink of foreclosure, and the banks could just not foreclose fast enough. And to be honest, at some point, it was just better to let the person stay there, living in the home, even if they weren't paying the mortgage. You know, at least the utilities had a chance to be on, keeping the homes from falling apart. You know, the pipes weren't all freezing and the plumbing wasn't, you know, turned off, which causes the home to rot from the inside out. So right now, you know, there are not many people in foreclosure. I mean, if you are in foreclosure right now, then obviously your rate of foreclosure is 100%. I'm not trying to diminish that fact. But if you are currently foreclosed upon, it's a terrible place to be in. I get it, but we are nowhere near, and I mean nowhere near, 3 million people in foreclosure like we saw back in 2008 and 2010. So for right now, there are enough people with enough equity that as long as they do not wait until they are flat broke before trying to sell their homes, most people who own a home who find themselves in a situation where the bills are outpacing their income, they could put their home on the market and get it sold, make enough money from the sale to get themselves out of debt, the home loan would be paid off and they could avoid the you know complete financial collapse. But what we saw back in 2008 was far too many people waiting way too long before they were acting. And by the time we finally accepted the fact that we should have sold our homes, it was too late. Myself included, you know, the market had already shifted down too far and the equity that I thought I once had wasn't there. So equity is not wealth. It's not money in the bank. Your equity changes daily based on the value of your home. And please do not go relying on some online site where they give you some feel-good value estimate. I mean, a qualified potential buyer seeing your home in person, writing an offer, committing to buying your home in good faith, that is the only value that really matters when you're in a financial situation and you're trying to avoid financial collapse. Please do not look on those free websites and think you have equity that you may or may not have. You can always call me. I will dive in free of charge and show you what actual buyers are currently paying right now for homes in your immediate area that closely compare to your home. You know, that's still not perfect, but it will be much, much more accurate than those online sites. You know, the only true value, like I said, is properly marketing your home, finding a qualified buyer who writes a solid offer, committing themselves to buying your home, then getting that buyer to the closing table. That is market value. There are no substitutes. Now, I know this podcast, you know, it seems all doom and gloom, but it's not. And it's not targeted towards the masses at this point in time. However, if the feds overreach their goals and slowing down the economy, and they have a track record of plunging us into recessions, you know, we are not there yet, and we very well may avoid it. But the takeaway from today's show is, if you are finding yourself in a financial situation, don't wait till it's too late to get help. I went through that myself in 2008, 2010, and I can help you avoid some of those same mistakes I made during the last downturn. I have an amazing lender partner, Jack Sand Riggs of the Mortgage Network, and between all of us, we can help you find the best solution. The sooner you call, the, I guarantee you, the more options you'll have to choose from. The longer you wait, the less money and potential equity you have to work with, and the harder it becomes to dig yourself out of a situation. 
I was nearly not only on the brink of foreclosure, but bankruptcy back in 2008, 2010. I do not want any of you to have to go through that. I have many lessons learned and I want to help others avoid that stress and that financial pain. Remember, the policymakers in Washington are all pretty well off. They all have some money. They do not recognize the downward trend as quickly as, say, someone in the service industry who is getting their hours cut because business is a little slow. So the economy has to slow pretty substantially and pretty widespread before the policymakers really understand what it's like for so many workers out there. Okay, I do want to wish you a happy 2023. I hope we get this soft landing. That's where I hope we go. I hope the feds do not screw this up by manipulating the economy. Hopefully we see inflation subside, the rate hikes will slowly be reversed, and we find that soft landing we're all hoping for. This is Ricky Schoonover of the Mode Denver Real Estate. You're listening to Denver's monthly podcast, the Denver Homes Market Report. Tomorrow is first Friday, so go out, support some local artists, buy some art, grab some food at one of the many local restaurants here in the area. Let's all work to support each other the best we can. If you have any questions, please call me. 720-688-5110 or visit my website www.denverhomesmarket.com Thank you so much and we'll catch up next month.